Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of the Frozen Four podcast brought to you by NHL News Updates. Like I said, and like you've been seeing all of our Twitter, me and Josh have been doing a lot of work, bringing something really fun, really special to you guys. As don't know how many of you know, but we have hit 100 episodes, and I can't thank everyone enough for listening and tuning in for as long as they have. We've been doing this for two and a half years. So like I say, I'm Luke. I got my three guys with me, Josh, Steve, and Stack. Steve, how are you doing? I am just dandy. So th- this week, for uh, those who don't know, I moved into a new place with my girlfriend and really like the house, but it's just been an adventure because it's also coming into the 915 extended deadline at work. So work's busy. Here's busy. Everything's a mess. And there's so much dust in the air and crap that my allergies are just absolutely insane. So if I sound a little hoarse or whatever, it's because I can't breathe through my nose. But how are you doing, Stacko? I'm pretty good. Uh, You do sound a little stuffy there, actually. I do hear it. But um, that's cool, dude. I'm happy for you. Yeah, Laura affectionately calls me a stuffy hoe. So... Nice. Well, on that note, um, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah, not a whole lot for me. I mean, honestly, things are going pretty well. Um, I, fe- I feel like I say this like in an episode like once a month, but I'm trying to get back into consistently exercising. Uh, it's, it's the exercise isn't the hard part. It's the diet and that is not my strong suit, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, things are going good with me. Um, Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. This, uh, best of episode has given me a lot more gray hairs. Uh, me and Luke, will get to that later on. Uh, but other than that, I'm doing really good. I'm going to find out about a job I've been waiting to hear about tomorrow. So, Fingers crossed. Well, to, by by the time this is put out, I will either have the job or I will be eternally sad. Um, but fingers crossed, and hopefully next week I'll have some good news for you guys. But other than that, I've just been just been having a good time, been living life, enjoying summer. How about you, Luke? Um, I mean, I got back from my honor guard academy, as you guys know, hence why we did not record last week, and it gave us time, myself and Josh, to edit this episode for all of you. And I was able to, you know, graduate. I was second slash third in my class for it. So pretty proud of that fact in it all. And I was able to go to my first show in since before COVID yesterday, uh, right in rec room in Buffalo. So I was on a whole nother level of elated and it was so good to be back at a show. And I can't wait to go see A Day to Remember in a few weeks. So other than that, Let's get into what we've all done in the past two and a half years of doing this show. Like we we talked about it before. It started off a whim. I Steve moved in with me because he needed somewhere to stay. We met Josh and we're like, hey, you like hockey. Hey, you like hockey. Hey, I kind of want a podcast. What if we start a podcast? And here we are two two and a half years later. We were able to bring on Stack like what 10 episodes in if that and you know 
we all have our own segments. We all, you know, put in so much work for this show and just the points we've hit and stuff that we've done throughout this and the closeness and the bond that we've made has been unreal. I, I don't know about you guys, but like it, it's, it's been kind of surreal throughout this whole process. Yeah, it's been pretty cool, but uh, just be careful a little bit because if you keep patting yourself on the back like that, it's going to look like Jack Eichel's neck. Damn. Wow. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. But yeah, it, it's been a great experience. And I, I just loved how, you know, we started out listening to those first few episodes. And luckily, there's no more record of them because we posted them on the Fredonia Radio Systems SoundCloud and they've since deleted them. Thank goodness because yikes, holy yikes, are those shows terrible. We we have grown we have grown a lot just Any, <laughs> leaps and bounds and it was great getting stack in here he really rounded us out and he's uh, he's been great Josh is getting less cold and we're teaching him things but he still hasn't lost that childlike innocence and we'll we'll hear throughout this show we're gonna hear some absolute dandy moments and this is probably the last time I can show my face anywhere in the uh, eastern part of the united states because i'm about to get ripped hard hey man you did it to yourself you did it to yourself <laughs> hey i i i know what i know and there are gaps in my knowledge that i try to stay away from but eventually if i talk enough something dumb's gonna come out it's it's not if it's when i mean i feel that one Stack, any, any comments before we get rolling into uh, how we organize this out? Um, no, I don't have anything, but um, I mean, honestly, I'll get it out now. I'm, I'm so grateful that I could come on. And I mean, the way it started for me, it was just, you know, in our group chat, our group me for club hockey, Steve was like, hey, any, any of you guys want to come on the podcast this week? No one said anything. And so the next week, Steve said it again. I was like, you know what? I, I kind of feel bad. No one's saying anything. I'll, I'll go. I'll see what it's about. And then I had a fuck ton of fun. And then next time Steve asked, I was like, me, me, like I want on. And then it was that over and over until you guys finally asked me to stay. And I've been so happy to be here and just, you know, be a part of it and just sharing the laughs and the fun and the hypothesizing and the trades and everything else. It's been great. I will say one thing, Steve. Uh, stick to not geography. You, you, you guys will uh, you'll hear that throughout this episode. Yeah, Google oh, Maps right. is a great thing. Um, <laughs> my brain, when it comes to that stuff, not so much. You're also going to hear a lot of uh, a lot of stacks trades and a couple pretty spicy ones, including a couple of the first ones. Those first ones will actually be coming up here in our history section. So this history section for us. We wanted to just kind of encapsulate every, not everything, because we can't, I mean, we don't want to make this a four-hour show for you guys, but we tried to just get everything that we could that we've covered in the past two and a half years, like the big stuff or like our first segments and things like that. So that's kind of what this history section is all about. After that, we got interviews. So some of our biggest interviews after that, we got what we call quick hits, and we'll explain that more in a little while. 
And then we have our funny moments, which AKA ripping on Steve 24 seven. And then finally we got some deep stuff to close it out for you guys and a little bit of a good closing time. But without further ado, let's get into the history section. Welcome to the best of the frozen four podcast. All right, this is one that I've been really excited to roll out. I uh, thought about it a few weeks ago, how Josh is always typically our optimist on the show. And then there's me, who is typically not as optimistic, to say the least. So I thought, why don't we have a little discussion between ourselves and then have the other guys decide who's right and who's full of shit. So, Luke, you want to go over the ground rules of our new segment called Snipe or Whiff? Yes. So, Snipe or Whiff is the name of this new segment, and this week is going to be between Josh and Steve. What they are debating is Jack Quinn at the number eight spot. The rules are as followed you have a two minute pitch with a 30 second rebuttal me and stack will be the moderators make sure you don't go over those two minutes and so that things don't get out of hand when you are arguing with each other about if it's a snipe or a whiff so can another rule being no be no demeaning words All right, so you might as well just strip half my vocabulary. But I, 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 guess, I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. But for the first ever installment of Sniper Whiff, I believe I'm going with Steve, and Steve is the winner. So congratulations, Steven, on winning the first episode, first round of Sniper's Whiff. So this one came on Sunday night, and as soon as I say that, you all know who I'm talking about, and obviously everyone knows who I'm talking about. What what am I saying? Um, I I'd like to walk you guys through my my finding out about this deal. I'm walking down into Willie to go get some food, and I look at my phone and I see a text from Stack in our group chat, and I say, "Oh, that's interesting. What's that about?" And I see the words Buffalo, and I'm like, "Oh, we did something. Great. What did we do now?" And then I see Taylor Hall to Buffalo rumblings possible not confirmed and i i i i had a, a, a rush of emotions come over me i didn't know how to feel i was very happy then i was very sad then i was very nervous and i was very everything at once and then about 15 minutes later it came through that we signed him for one year eight million dollars and when i tell you i almost screamed in the middle of a dining hall i I was so happy with this deal after everything they did over the first two days and even Sunday, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? This is ridiculous. This is what, what are you doing? And then that happens and everyone is, I'm texting everyone. Everyone's texting me. It was just an explosion of happiness. And I just, I'm super, super high on this signing and, I just can't wait to see what happens with this. And then even hearing more about it where Kruger or um, sorry, Adams had been talking to him since the first day of free agency. I was like, ah, you sneaky bastards. You were doing something the whole time. And we just, we didn't know it. And you, we were angry and you were looking at us like, they don't know what we're doing yet. And, oh, it's just, it's such a good signing and I'm very excited for it. And it's 
going to be really fun to watch Eichel and Hall score oodles of goals this year. Uh, I want I want to let I want to let the uh, resident pessimist talk about the Hall signing for us real quick before I get into some like deeper stuff with the signing in general. So Steve, what are your thoughts on this real quick? Even Stack, if you want to interject as well. I'll I'll let Stack go first. Oh, all right. Yes, I will. Um, I don't know exactly what to think of this deal. Um, seems as though Buffalo was obviously the highest bidder. Um, he did kind of contradict his statements from earlier in the free agency period where he wanted to go to a perennial contender. Um, but he's in Buffalo now. Um, he's going to score a lot with Eichel. I mean, the price is a bit steep considering they haven't even signed Olafson or Reinhardt yet, and they still want a left-shot defenseman. Um, I mean, it makes their top six is one of the most potent in the league if they're all playing right. Um, my only concern is um, who's going to play defense in the top six, but good signing otherwise. Yeah, I, I mean, I am technically the, the pessimist around here, but I am so excited about this deal. Like, holy crap. We had we had talked about it in our uh, in our previous show when we were kind of previewing free agency. How because of the economics of the game right now, and you don't know uh, the fl- you're working with a flat cap. A lot of teams are up against it. That some of the big pieces might take a short term show me deal, like a one maybe a two year, and try and cash in on their next on their next deal. So this is perfect for Hall. So what he's going to do is he's going to try and pull a Skinner. He's going to go right next to Eichel, just completely blow up, and then try and cash in on his next deal when there's a little more cash flow going out there. So I, I, I'm all for this. It's, I, I can't complain about it. I, I really can't. Right, it's a one-year, low-risk, very high-reward, and – what was awesome was when Taylor Hall was doing his first interview and getting introduced to the media and whatnot, he had talked about how he wanted to get Eichel, who was probably the best player he was on the same team with, to the playoffs to showcase how great he is on the biggest stage possible, which he deserves. And you really got to hand it to Kruger's got a, has always had a great relationship for him. And considering that there's so much uncertainties and he's bounced around from a crappy situation in Edmonton to the devils going from good to crap, then going to Arizona and it was just chaos. You got to think that, okay, I trust this guy. I know this player is sick. I can make something here. And with the stall and the hall signings, we now have a top six that can go toe-to-toe with anyone else in this league. Now, get some average goaltending and figure out what you're doing with the defense. And the bottom six is kind of a piecemeal deal here. But the big stuff, they've addressed the big holes in the top six. And at the very least, we can see many, many goals. Goals are fun. My new slogan, goals are fun. Let's score some more goals. Every game this coming year is going to be like seven to eight for the final. And it's going to be great, <laughs> but it's also going to be awful. Cause it's going to be like, 
It is going to be like the first, like the week it's been since the draft. It is going to be a glass case of emotion. (laughs) So make sure you don't make sure uh, milk is usually a bad choice, according to uh, Ron Burgundy. So get ready, have some fun and be ready for that glass case of emotion. Yeah, I, I myself, I am very, I'm happy with this signing. Um, I was doing, I did a lot of research on how he ended up coming to, to Buffalo, not signing with, obviously the top two were Vegas and Boston. Those were the two that were talked about most for Taylor Hall. And from the talks of it, it sounded like they were, they were only offering him like five or six million. Well, Colorado only offered him six and a half and he turned it down. And exactly. And a lot of the teams too, that he was talking to were saying that, oh, we'll get you once we make this move. Oh, we got to make this move first. Now we can sign you. And he didn't really like that runaround. Um, and the, one of the first comments he said was people seem surprised when it came out Sunday that I signed with the Sabres. I don't think they should be. Taylor Hall came out and said, I don't think people should be surprised that I signed with the Sabres. He chose, he chose Buffalo for a reason. He sees the potential that we can have. So he sees Eichel, obviously, he gets to play with. But he knows the guys like Darlene and Joker, and he works out in the offseason with Skinner. So that's also a big thing coming in. He has a lot of respect for Eric Stahl through his career he's had in the league. So that was a big reason. And the other biggest reason, Ralph Kruger was his first coach. He was an assistant coach his first two years in Edmonton, and then he was the head coach in the shortened season. So Hall knew coming in that he knew he was going to come into a comfortable system where he knows at least some players, and he's very close with the coach who gave him his first opportunity. And it was his breakout season that he that Kruger was a head coach for. So And Kruger was his first or well, Hall was Kruger's first NHL interaction at the draft because um, Kruger was with Edmonton that year and they were sitting at the draft table and they just strike up a conversation and there it goes. I mean, we've seen that Kruger is very much a talk to the players kind of guy, which I think is really good. I mean, you have to have a coach that can like, you know, discipline you and make you do what you got to do. But at the same time, you also have the coach to be there not necessarily a soft coach, but somebody that'll like listen to you and understand what you're trying to do and, and try to help you become not only a better player, but a better person. Because if you're happy in your own life, then you can probably play better too. Just like if you're not happy with your job, you're not going to work very well. So I think I'm really starting to like Kruger's philosophies more and more and more as more players come in and talk about him and all that stuff. Exactly. And then one one last thing I want to say is um, he he basically wrote an article on why he chose Buffalo to give to the press, to give to the public. And the first thing he mentioned is on a flight back from a game, uh, he said, Ralph called him to the front of the plane and I'm not assuming we're going to go over the video or talk about the game. And what he actually asked sticks with, sticks with me to this day. He asked, how are you doing? That is who, and he says, that is who Ralph Kruger is, the kind of guy who wants to know how you are doing as a person during the grind of a shortened season. That was my third year in the league, and it was, it truly was a breakout season for me. I've often wondered how things might be different if Ralph had stayed head coach in Edmonton. 
So he's basically saying he thinks Ralph is a good head coach. And he thinks Ralph is one of those coaches that doesn't care as much, quote unquote, about your play. He wants to know and make sure his guys are doing okay. And that's what you need in a coach in reality. The players know what to do. Babcock just got fired. He no, did. Way. no way. Just Yo. No Yo. way. You guys heard it here first. No oh. way. Y'all heard it here. Frozen. Sheldon Keefe, new head coach. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Stacker is jumping for joy right now. He is taking off his headphones. He's literally jumping off his for hat. joy. So, with that said. Watch out. Hey, don't punch hey. out any of the equipment. Hey, with that Yo. said. With that said, Yo. you heard it You heard it here first. Mike Babcock of the Toronto Maple Leafs has just gotten fired. Their AHL head coach. What's his name? Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon Keefe. The man does not know how to lose. Has gotten has is now hired as the Toronto Maple Leafs head coach. Marley's, I'm assuming you're gonna make their assistant cap assistant Yo, coach their head who coach. Who tweeted it out? Leafs PR. Leafs PR? Oh my Leafs PR. That's so it sounds pretty Usually legit. You get it from one of the insiders. Yeah. So I really it sounds pretty wish legit. we could have got that on video. Yeah. Holy fuck. Uh, so <laughs> Babcock got fired. The stack is very happy. Maybe the Leafs will start winning again. I'm um, having an asthma attack. <laughs> here, here, here's the official release from Leafs PR. Blue check mark. Toronto Maple Leafs president and alternate governor Brendan Shanahan announced today that Mike Babcock has been relieved of his coaching duties and Sheldon Keefe has been named the club's new head coach. Not interim, head coach. Hashtag Leafs forever. We had some interesting things come out of the uh, Central Division on Wednesday. A man who is now one of the biggest talks in the NHL by the name of Tim Peel. Uh, Tim Peel's a referee. He has been for the NHL for over 1,500 games, 90 of which were playoff games. And he also um, officiated parts of the 2014 Sochi Olympics. And he was fired on Thursday morning, uh, or Wednesday morning, excuse me, because of a, a little bit of a oopsie by his part. He was caught on a hot mic saying that he wanted to give Nashville a penalty to make up for a missed call from earlier. And not only did he swear on the hot mic on live television, he also just kind of gave away one of the greatest, well, not greatest, but one of the secrets that the NHL thinks they have hidden, but it's not actually hidden of the referees doing makeup calls, which they've done for since the beginning of time at every level of basically any sport. Um, So, he was fired by the league and and he was set to retire on April 24th. So now that he's fired, I think that voids him of any retirement he could get from the league as well. So I don't I don't know if that's true or not, but it is not. Bob McKenzie tweeted out, I just happened to catch it that, you know, he's he's not going to ref any more games, but he's not technically fired. So he's keeping his pen, his retirement. He's none of that. He's basically just not refing the one more game he was going to. Before we get out of here and hit some closing time, I want everyone to read off their lines real quick. You know, we drafted the team, so now I want to hear everyone's ideas on what their lineups would be with said teams. And this is before any kind of trades or anything, just with who you selected, what would your lines be? 
So we're going to keep it going the same way. Steve, John, the Penfield Pistons, what is your lineup? All right. So our lineup, barring any moves, as you said, our first line is going to be centered by Ryan Johansson, left wing James Van Riemsdyk, and right winger Jordan Everly. Uh, second line is going to be centered by Yanni Gord with Nino Niederreiner and Evgeny Dadanoff as his wingers. Third line, Jared McCann centering Max Domi and JT Comfer. Then fourth line, yes, Victor Rask makes the lineup. Fight me. And Andre Kasha and Colin Blackwell are his wingers. Now, as for defense, we're going to go a top pair of Mark Giordano with Dylan DeMello. Then Vince Dunn and Troy Stetcher are finish out the top four. Marcus Pedersen and Brett Kulak finish out the top six. Now, Will Butcher got some consideration, but Kulak is more of a good third-pair defenseman, which is why he makes the lineup, and Will Butcher is, gets the ball stab and is in the stands. Our starting goaltender is Ben Bishop, but when he gets hurt, Chris Drieger is going to be the first backup and then, barring any trades, Vitek Vanacek is also in the mix. Moving on, Stack, what is your lineup? Well, my lineup is probably going to have some significant changes. But as of right now, I have Jason Zucker on the left wing. Um, the center is to be determined, assumingly, um, with the return from the Tarasenko deal. And then on the left, I have... Uh, Jonathan Druin on the second line. I have Josh Bailey centered by um, Chris Tierney. And then on his right wing, I have Nino Niederreiter. On the third line, I have Yanni Gord um, centered by Carl uh, Grundstrom. I believe he makes a hop. And then actually, well, I'm going to put Comfer at center, but then put Grundstrom as his uh, right wing. Uh, for the fourth line, I have Christian Fisher um, alongside Kelly Yonkroke and Matt Nieto. For defense, I have Mark Giordano with Dylan DeMello. On the first pair, for the second pair, I have Oscar Clefbaum with Troy Stetcher. And for the third pair, I have Travis Dermott with either Hayden Fleury or Connor Clifton. And then for goalies, I have Ben Bishop. And then whenever he gets hurt, Braden Holdby, and then behind him, Chris Dreger. Not too bad. Again, Josh, how about yourself? So my first line going from left to right, we have Jonathan Drouin on the left wing, Mikhail Granlund at center, and Josh Bailey on the right. Second line is Yanni Gord, Jared McCann, and Nino Niederreiter. Third line, Matt Nieto, Chris Tierney, and Christian Fisher. Fourth line, Stenland, Comfer, and Blay. And on defense, first pairing, we got Mark Giordano with Adam Larson. Second pairing, we got Jacob Larson with Troy Stetcher. And third pairing, we have Andre Sakara and Dylan DeMello. Goaltending-wise, Casey DeSmith is our starter when he gets neglected by the franchise because they think somebody's better than him after a year like they've done to every Pittsburgh Penguin goalie. Chris Drieger is his backup, and Vitek Vanacek is in the AHL. All righty. Uh, myself, I my first line is centered by Jonathan Druin, 
with Yanni Gord and Jordan Eberle on his wings. I got Chris Tierney as a line two center with any of Nino Niederreiter, Jason Zucker, JT Comfort, Andreas Janssen on his left side, and JVR on his right. Line three will be centered by Mason Appleton with Zucker and Comfort as his wings. And fourth line will be Sammy Blay centering Andreas Janssen and Carl Grundstrom. My defensive pairings. I got Clefbaum and Giordano. You know, one of them make the switch to the right side. I think Clefbaum can. I think Giordano can as well. I got Dermot and Stetcher as my second pairing, and I got McCabe and Hayden Fleury as my third pairing. My starting goaltender will be Antti Ranta if he decides to resign. If not, it'll be a tandem of Braden Holpe and Chris Dreger with Vanacek waiting in the wings for one of them to ultimately die because that will probably happen. That being said, though, we're going to head into some closing time here on the Frozen Four podcast. Those listening along, let us know what you think of our lines and our choices on who we drafted. Um, I'm sure everyone has their own ideas and their own options for, you know, what they would draft if they had the choice and what they would draft if there was no salary cap. Speaking of hypotheticals, <laughs> we got a new uh, segment here. Stack finally has his own segment. My corner of hypothetical trades. And uh, we'll get right into it in just two seconds. All right, Stack. What are your trades for us? All right. So on this segment, each time we do it, each time I do it, I'm going to have two trades. One that relates to the Sabres or Leafs, seeing as this is a Sabres slash Leafs podcast. And then the other, which relates to any other two teams in the league. Maybe three if I'm feeling spicy. But this week, <laughs> just a two. So going to start with the Sabres and Leafs related one. This one's going to be interesting. Starting with a defenseman that the Sabres seem to have built their team so he will be forced out. Rasmus Ristolainen and a second round pick to Vegas for Max Pacioretty. Alright, now this is the one with my two other random teams across the league. Now, as we'll talk later in the podcast, we're going to be talking about RFAs. This involves a certain RFA. Brock Besser from Vancouver to Florida for Aaron Ekblad. Big news out of not even the NHL, but the OHL. I want to get right into it as the OHL drafted goaltender Taya Curry to the Serena Sting, the first female to be drafted into the OHL. So big props to her. And it's a big changing for hockey in general. Yeah, goaltender too. I mean, that's just awesome to see i hope she can like you know make an impact in the ohl i think she will but imagine if she in three years we hear her getting talked about in the nhl draft or imagine if this is kind of a new pathway for girls to get into the nwhl and it just leads to the growth of that i mean this is just awesome to see 
um, from Park Hill, Ontario. I don't know how close that is to Buffalo, but I mean, Ontario is right there. So it probably isn't too far. Um, so that's also cool. Um, but props yeah, to her. Better than Hutton. NHL is moving away from NBC. For the first time since, I believe, 2005, 2006, there will not be a game, an NHL game on NBC this season as they were bought by ESPN and Turner Sports. I don't know about you guys. I'm really going to miss Mike Milbury. I'm really going to miss him. I'll Uh, do you one better. I'm really going to miss Pierre. Guys, this isn't our uh, April Fool's episode. You know that, right? That was like a month ago. But with that said, we're going to jump right in because on April 19th, Patrick Marlowe of the San Jose Sharks played in his 1,768th game, officially passing Gordie Howe for the all-time record in most games played. Big, big props to him for his longevity. He, I believe he's, what, 41 years old? Yep. He was drafted in the 1997 draft, so he was drafted the same year I was born. <laughs> Plus 23 seasons in the NHL now. Steve, yeah, Marlo's, Marlo's career is older than me and Josh, which is pretty outstanding. Yes. Um, and some fun facts for you. Patrick Marlowe of San Jose Sharks has appeared in at least one game with 37% of every NHL player who has ever played in the 104-year history of the league. So he's played with 3,009 of the 8,100 players to ever play in the league. He has also played more career games than five NHL franchises, including the National Predators, Atlanta slash Winnipeg, just because of their merger, Columbus, Minnesota, and obviously Vegas. And 863 skaters have played in the NHL this season. Among them, 163 were not bored when Patrick Marlowe debuted on October 1st, 1997. That's 18.9% of the league. Wow. Wow. That's insane. (laughs) Wow. Just wow. We have a franchise first. Seattle signs their first player, Luke Henman. Uh... He spent five seasons in the queue, and he caused it a huge honor to be the first signing of the Seattle Kraken. He is a 21-year-old. He was the captain of the Blandville Boyce Bryant team in the queue. I, I can't even pronounce it. He was the captain of the team in the queue. He was the 96th overall pick by the Hurricanes back in 2018. They did not sign him. Therefore, he has been, in, been a free agent. He was actually signed on Monday but they wanted him to get through his next two games in the QMJHL playoffs before they made the announcement. So he said it was tough trying to keep having to keep it from teammates and family and everyone, but it's awesome to see he had 43 points, in 32 games this season, eight points so far in the playoffs and 214 points in 225 career games in the queue over his five seasons. So Probably a bottom six or max, but hey, you never know. New team, new system. He's got a chance to be like, he's the first signing, so you never know. As y'all just heard, you know, our history segment, you know, throwing back to a bunch of our old segments, how everything first started. 
Sniper Whiff. Uh, that was a fun time. Really want to bring that back. So let us know if you want to bring that back. Steve, I think you're really happy about that Sniper Whiff segment there. Uh, yeah, I I'm going to save y'all the ear bleeding experience of hearing me saying we are the champions. But uh, yeah, I, I think I did pretty well there. But, you know, Josh can go into what actually happened because uh, Quinn, Quinn got to play last year. So how'd he do? Yeah, I mean, like we all saw Quinn didn't get his OHL season, much like a lot of other players, but Quinn did play in the AHL with the Americans for 15 games, and he had nine points in those 15 games, two goals and seven assists. This is also a 19-year-old playing in the AHL in a really messed up season, also with a hernia. So, I mean, like like we were talking about in that section, he's not going to be great, but at the same time, he's not a bad player, or we hope he's not a bad player. So timer's still going to have to tell on that one, but it was definitely a fun section. I want to bring it back. Definitely. And uh, time was really told um, right after we heard that snapper whiff section. Uh, we were, we were really high on uh, Taylor Hall, weren't we? we brutal. Uh, and listening, back, for us. listening back to that was brutal. Just you know, when we were, when we were editing this, we right before we talked about Taylor Hall, we also talked about a, a particular number twenty, Cody Egan. We were all very excited about Cody Egan being our third or fourth line center, and multiple times in that episode, we all went into rants about how we thought Ralph Kruger was going to be the saving grace for the Buffalo Sabers. The other the other name we mentioned too was was Eric Stahl being a, an amazing second line center for us, and Stack even mentioned um, you know rounding out our top six and how we're going to be really good offensively in the last season. And uh, as you as you saw, that did not go as planned. 18 losses in a row later. And no goals, like, ever. Yeah, d despite what I said when I said, oh, yeah, it's going to be like 7 to 8 every single night, and it's going to be like, yay, oh, yay. Well, Eichel <laughs> broke his rib before the season, and Hall hit more posts than... He scored goals. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the stat. It was like Taylor Hall has hit the most posts in the league up to that point. I remember we had a show, and it was like him and Elias Pettersson were just nonstop hitting posts and crossbars. It's just insanely unlucky, but that's Buffalo for you. Aim small, miss small till you get shipped to Boston. Shipping up Boston. Um... Damn you, dropkick Murphys. I mean, it was also great, too. We were able to, obviously, we couldn't go back and find mine, Josh's, or Steve's very first segment. As, like we said, they are hidden deep in those Fredonia SoundCloud files. However, Stacko, his very first hypothetical trade section, we were able to find. And, I mean, that first trade, I still wouldn't hate it, personally. Risto for Pacioretty, I mean... I, I mean, the amount of value they got back in the actual Risto trade is kind of the same. Rosen right. could end up being, you know, take some of the defensive prowess of Pacioretty and move it to the offense. Rosen, the guy they drafted at 14th overall, could end up being that guy. But, you know, Stack wasn't off on the perceived value of Risto there. Yeah, I mean, then again, Philly took the bait i mean 
it's like we've been saying for years. Everyone in Buffalo hates Risto. Well, I should say 75% of people don't like the way he plays and his numbers are horrible. And a lot of people know that. A lot of managers don't know that. Uh, a lot of managers just see, wow, this big, physical, skilled defenseman. We should pay an arm and a leg. And Philly was just the dumb assholes who did this summer. So, Oh, do you see that cross check in front of the net? Oh, he's got so much grit. Oh, oh the, grit the, 60. Love it. Just the intangibles are all there. Totally. Do you see him running the boards at full speed and drop his stick and almost break the glass? Honestly, one of the that was one of the best wrist alignment moments on this team, though. <laughs> Dude, boards came out of nowhere, and it's the greatest gif of all time. Uh, but like I said, like we couldn't find everything, we couldn't have everything. It'd be way too long. Y'all wouldn't want to listen to that. But at least but, you got to hear Stacko exude pure joy at the Babcock firing, which we found out during the show. I remember him jumping around when we were still in the booth at Fredonia. And I'm like, oh, please don't break anything. That was fun to rediscover, too, because we all sounded like so much more alive because that was before quarantine. And boy, did we go through it during quarantine, as you guys heard. <laughs> we got yeah, old, gentlemen. That was, that was a good time. I I just remember, you know, we were finishing up the show. The Leafs were on a skid. I remember I was at McDonald's the night before, too, when they lost to Vegas. And Fleury made that insane diving back save with his glove. And I was like, this just fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> what is going on? But I remember Mitch Marner was injured and they were on a road trip to Arizona, but they flew Marner out to Arizona for the Babcock firing. So wow. they could watch Keith's first game in Arizona. And they won, wow. and I remember watching the game at the Canada Way House. Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, we were watching the yeah. And Tyson Berry scored because mm -hmm. he was like supposedly a a depth a, a defenseman type defensive defenseman according to Babcock, who needed to learn how to really play defense, even though he's like thirty. Like, yeah, give it up. tried to do that with Darlene and yeah, you know, we, we all saw how that went. Like, I mean, it worked with Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley became more complete, but that's they're two different players. Any whom. Yeah, that was a good time. Some Anyways, good it's there. nice going back memory lane just to see, you know, holy cold takes like, you know, Devin Dubnik. <laughs> I, I, I will never back down from that counterfactual that you cannot disprove. Minnesota would have won that series had he been in that. We can't disprove it. However, you also cannot prove it. So we'll have to agree to disagree. Exactly. Bite me. With that, though, like I said, we couldn't hit every moment um, in the history of what we've been able to, you know, find our segments and everything and all the news we've been able to put out to you guys. But it's it's definitely been a fun ride. And Moving on, next section, as we mentioned, was interviews. And, you know, we've had a lot of awesome interviews throughout the show. And we're just going to let you listen to some of the, our favorite moments from those interviews. So switching up gears a little bit, a little bit more of a fun question here. Yep. I know. So what's your strangest pregame ritual you had? And I know <laughs> me being a goalie myself, I know we kind of were a little wacky. I mean, I'm just getting into the hockey goalie world, but. I played yeah. soccer goalie for 
10 years or so. And I know I had a lot of weird stuff. So we were wondering if you had any weird pregame rituals you had, or if you like the weirdest one you've seen from like teammates or anybody like that. Um, I, at one point, I don't know what made it start. Um, I remember I was in Philadelphia, my first full season in Philadelphia. I start the season really well. Uh, so maybe success sometimes bring a weird routine or superstitions along, right? It's never because you lose a game that you say, I'm going to keep doing this, but you win a game and you're like, well, that's the reason why we won. So <laughs> I remember I had to eat a Kit Kat before every game on my way to the game. And to the point where I would like go to the, um, you know, the, the hotel, you know, snack shop or whatever. And if they didn't have it, I would walk to a convenience store. I needed to get a Kit Kat before every game. And <laughs> I remember my coach at the time, John Stevens, I'm in the bus and I'm eating my chocolate bar. And he looked at me, he goes, you know, it's not good to eat a chocolate bar before a hockey game. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's old school. They used to tell us that when we were a kid, don't eat chocolate because you know, <laughs> you're going to have an energy spike, but then you're going to be low in energy for the rest of the day. And you know, there's, there's science behind it, but mentally I was like, I need my Kit Kat. So that lasted <laughs> for like a year. And then I was like, forget about this. Like it's more hard. It's more work to go get a Kit Kat than actually like just getting ready for the game. So <laughs> that was one of them. I've seen some weird ones. Um, I've seen like Steve Shields, for example, used to get completely undressed in between periods. Like it's, it, it takes me 25 minutes from, if I don't stop, from start to finish to get dressed from head to toe, you know, 20, 25 minutes. If I just do it straight, I, I'm a long, I have a lot of different pieces of equipment, tape on my ankles, my knees, all of that took me about 20, 25 minutes. He would get undressed in a couple of minutes and get dressed in a couple of minutes. He used to completely get fully undressed, change his undershirt, his pants to dry ones, and then get back dressed. And the first time I saw him, I thought he was either sick or hurt. And I was like, I better get ready to go in. And they're like, no, no, no. He does that all the time. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you only have 16 minutes in between periods to, like, get a drink, get cooled off, uh, you know, chill a little bit, get prepared for the next period. He's rushing, getting undressed and dressed again. I thought that was odd, uh, but, you know, it, it worked for him. So to That's continue great. with the whole, uh, you know, fast Russians and stamina and stuff, what was – what was Max Finneganoff like? Was he like that or was, was cause he, I remember watching him. He was, he would just be one end to the other, just boom like that. In yeah, seconds. Max is always my favorite. Fast. He was fast. He was quick. The fun thing with the funny thing with Max is that, you know, we would do conditioning skates at the end of practice sometimes. And you'd have, you know, players in all four corners and, you know, Lindy would point out to one corner and say, okay, you guys do, you know, we would do one lap. And then the other corner would do one, 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 and then it'd be two, 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 two laps, and then three, three, oh. three, three laps, and then we'd go. And Max was such a great skater and such a top athlete that he would take off, and guys would be yelling at him, like, Max, slow down. Like, let us catch up to you. You can't just be <laughs> like, you know, like secretariat and be like 20, like, length in front of us. Like, that, that can't be. And Max would be like, we're not, why not? We're like, what am I doing? And, and guys would be, but then what they found out is then a few years later, I was, I was not with the Buffalo Sabres anymore, but I, the guys were telling me the story is they started wearing art monitors during practice to see who was working hard, who was dogging it a little bit. Uh, some guys have better, you know, uh, anabolic system and aerobic system and all of that. And 
So they would put it on the jumbotron, your heart rate, through the practice. And Lindy would look up and be like, hey, I can see who's working who's not. And then he said on the conditioning skate, we will skate until all of you guys get your heart rate up above like 160, let's see, or 170 or whatever. And wow. Max wow. is winning every race and his heart rate is 135. And <laughs> I want more. I need everybody at 170 and whatever. And Max is like, beating everybody but he's still 135 and i was like okay everybody get out everybody get off the ice like everybody's dying you know like taking a knee in the corner and max is still doing circles like, <laughs> like in the garden right so that that's max in a nutshell well one person that we know has a you know loves to put out positive stuff is rj and you guys oh, he's a homer right you, <laughs> you guys Mr. are homer i i could listen to you guys do games forever but what was your first impression of him like when you first started doing color or when you just when you first met him like no, RJ's a RJ is such a super super kind gentle generous man he's awesome like for being a 80 year old man and you, you just it's just enjoyable being around we go on the road you go to dinner he doesn't say a word you know some nights he'll just sit there and watch whatever's on the tv and you know you I play on my phone and He'll say, you're going to eat? Yeah. All right. And that's that, that might be the only thing we say to each other the whole night. And so it's kind of, it's kind of weird that way. But he's, he's, he's one of those guys that always wants you around. So when you're on the road, it's like, hey, we're going this, we're doing this, right? So he, he doesn't like going by himself anymore. But he's just so easy to work with, man. He just, you know, I try to get him going early in the game sometimes. Some nights you get there, because, you know, you see he's a little – He's an older guy, so you want to kind of spark him up a little bit sometimes. So I get him going at dinner and say something to him and then say it to him early in the, in the game again and, and get him fired up. And then he, you know, he takes them the whole game sometimes to get you back. But when he does, you just sort of, yeah, okay, you got me, buddy. You got me. That's it, you know, and just kind of, you know, let it roll. But that's what I said. When a game needs to be taken in another direction, he's so good with that. He, he's so good with getting the feel of the game and knowing, you know, what needs to be due. He can make nothing, nothing sound like it's the greatest play in the world. And it's just amazing what he can what he can do with certain calls and goals. And, and he claims it all comes from just spur of the moment. I don't know. He says it's just spur of the moment. He said it's never, ever planned. And, and uh, but uh, he's real good at it, man. He's good. And I'll tell you, he's, he's so fun to work with. When I started doing it, I was scared to death of him because he would say, I would say something during a game. We'd go to commercial and he'd be like, why the hell would you say that? Get and just giving it to me. And I'd be like, ah, you know, the rest of the night I'd be like, ah, walking on, you know, pins and needles, trying to not to say something stupid. Or do. Then you'd get on the bus after the game or whatever. And he'd be like all over you. That lasted about five or six years. And then he just sort of calmed down and now he doesn't say a word. So. I just say, hey, old man, sit back. I'll carry you through this, and I'll make it happen for you, okay? So now, I have, now I'm confident enough around him that I give it back to him, and I think that's what he was looking for from the, the first point. Instead of me just sort of backing off and, oh, okay, okay, he was waiting for me to challenge him a little bit and, and push back, and uh, I tell you what, every day, you talk to him every day. He's like, 
I don't talk to very many people as much as I do talk to RJ. Uh, you know, so it's it's a great relationship. Right, yeah, Hoffman, Granlin, Howla. I mean, those guys all got to sign somewhere. Right. So before we get into you know the breaking down of some of these Sabres guys and Leafs guys, how the hell do these crafts work? And do you need a college degree to understand them? <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you guys this way. Um, I didn't. I, I mean, my college degree is in business, right? So mm-hmm. I, I have no statistics background. Um, I had no interest when I got into this hockey writing of doing any advanced stance, advanced stats analytics stuff. The reason I got into it was because here in Buffalo, there's kind of a, you know, it's a big hockey market and there's a lot of people that do writing. So I kind of wanted to find a way to differentiate myself. Well, at the time that I started doing it, nobody was really doing that in Buffalo. Um, and even now, there's only, only a few of us that kind of are deep into it. Um, so that's kind of how I started. So really, I just started reading as much as I could, um, messing around with stuff, um, going to any analytics conferences, sports analytics conferences that were close to me or viable to get to, um, talk to people there, talk to people in the hockey world that have been doing it for a while and well-known names. And the biggest talk, obviously, the projected number one overall pick, Owen Power. I believe, Spencer, um, you've also played with him. Am I am I wrong in that? No, no, you're you're completely right there. I think um, it was really interesting. Uh, today was one of my first skates with him uh, since he came back uh, from Michigan, and I gotta say, like in just that one year of NCAA, I don't know what they're feeding them down there, but this guy's put on at least 20, 25 pounds of muscle. He wow. is he is built like a professional player now. It it is. Last year, I remember him. He was a he was tall. He was a quick little string bean out there. But there was no there was no size to the guy besides his height. But just seeing him today, it, it, if if he's back, if his back was turned to you, you'd have no idea who it was. Hmm. What's uh? So what do uh? What do Sabres fans have to look forward to if we do? I'm I'm, I'm thinking we're gonna draft him. But what do they? What do we got to look forward to if uh, we do draft him? I think. Um, you know, you're getting a guy that's the complete package here. I'm not gonna say he's like a like a Kale McCarr offensive defenseman, but I think you're really getting like a a big minute logger here. I think this guy is is he's lethal offensively, and in and in the back end, I mean, the one thing that all the a bunch of the pros I was actually skating with today, we were talking about him, and the, one of the biggest things they brought up is how mature his game is now. And I think it speaks speaks to that based on you know playing in the world championship while never having yeah. stepped the foot in a professional game. Wow! Just looking back on everyone being able to interview you guys, you guys, you know, you heard Marty, you heard Razor. We had Shady and Menaces for all you Sabres fans that follow on the hockey Twitter a lot. Like that was a big moment, especially like for the three of us, you know, following hockey Twitter so closely, seeing what Chad puts out. Like that was really cool to have him on. Even having Spencer Robinson, you know, played with a bunch of NHLers, just being an extra an extra goalie, basically. Um, I mean, Marty Marty section, his little quirks that he had. I mean, Josh being a goalie, I know you loved hearing that. Yeah, that was my favorite interview. I, I, I've that's no offense to anyone else we've had on. I've loved interviewing everyone we've had on, but Marty was our first big big interview and i took a lot of pride in that one he's one of my favorite savers ever 
And that interview just solidified it more. You heard his whole Kit Kat thing. You heard the Max Afinaganov story. It was just an awesome episode. And I'm really gr- grateful for him and for everyone we've had on interviewing, whether it be Marty or Razor or all the other podcasts we've had on. But as we saw with Razor, it was quite a lively interview. And we'll hear one of those uh, jokes in a second from a joke towards our uh, good old stack over there, a resident Leafs fan. Yeah, that was a, that was a good time. I mean, as Steve can attest, I, I love to chirp a little bit and, you know, ev- with every chirp given, there's one received and granted, I didn't really chirp him. He, he started it, but <laughs> I, 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 I expected no less from Razor. He, he delivered and it was pretty sweet regardless, but I mean, he was awesome just cause you know, he's just a regular guy like any one of us. He's like, oh, what a loser. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, he immediately apologized. Like, I knew he was joking anyways. And just, he's a cool interview just talking about, you know, sports and how he's staying local. And just, didn't we talk about fishing too with mm-hmm. him a little bit? Like, yep. he's just a normal dad now. Like, yeah. it just like reminded me of my dad. Like, just a sweet dude overall. He was a great interview. Same with Marty and shout out to Marty for shouting out my, my buddy, Greg's mom. That was awesome. Uh, Did they, they still got to get to that game. Yeah, they still do. Yes. We all do. We do. Yeah. Hey, maybe, we'll maybe that, till- uh, that outdoor game in March in Hamilton. Yo. We, should, we should, we should get to that if we can. Or we go to some random game. Once you hit December, the secondary market, all the games are gonna be like five bucks a pop. So that's fair. We'll go with that. Except for except for Leafs games, they're they're gonna lose (laughs) and lose a lot and often. See, I don't know because you know Toronto when they need to win a game, they're not gonna. um, So I know that 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 game entertaining. (laughs) Right. I mean that game in Hamilton has lost written written all over it. So. I just want to go for the atmosphere because it'll be outside. It's gonna be sick. Oh yeah, and it's right that... before St. Pat's. Like, Ooh. I'm I'm big I'm big ready for that. But they better wear the St. Pat's jerseys. I hope they do. Anyway, so th- those interviews were pretty sweet. But but Razor was a good time. Yeah, it's awesome we were able to incorporate that into our show because honestly, ju- I get tired of you guys. Uh, not to be <laughs> just I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it is nice to bring in some different perspectives and. Uh, some guys with different strengths, like we n- literally knew nothing about analytics. And then we brought in Chad D from expected Buffalo. Go check him out. If you don't know him already, uh, him and his outlet, they, they do a great job, uh, cover the Sabres mostly, but you know, uh, great people, great, great guys, uh, gr- great information. And, you know, he turned me on to something that I still need to grab from Amazon. It's uh, a book by Ryan Stimson, Tape to Space, Redefining Hockey. It's just I something to, to yeah, me too, because I really want to get into the the details. I, I have a baseline of statistics knowledge from school, but I I need to be able to apply it so that I can make Josh look even, you know, make his takes look even colder. <laughs> sure. Only I can uh, do that. Only I can say stupid things like Roman Yossi for Vladimir Sabotka and, and whatever the fuck else. No, it was Scandella, Hunwick, and a first. No, Sabotka was in It was Sabotka too. too. Oh, Lord. That's even worse. <laughs> that one we also unfortunately couldn't find. 
Well, that would have been great if we could have found that one. Unfortunately, in air quotes. <laughs> for him. For Josh, unfortunately. For for three of us and everyone listening, oh, it would have been great to hear. But, again, big shout-out to everyone we've, ha- we've, we've had on. You know, we had on Birdie and Mandy Norton from the Buttes, uh, very fir- like a, one of our very first interviews. So, them coming on. Spencer Robertson came on twice. You know, he skated with Taylor Hall. He skated with Owen Power. We got a good interview interview kind of question from him uh as you guys heard we've had on kevin sylvester all the podcasts you know silky miss i80 talking buds like we've had so much on here and we can't thank everyone enough for you know giving us the opportunity you know and taking time out of their day and their lives to come and just talk with us and shoot the shit and talk about hockey like we can't think we can't thank them enough and thank again you guys enough for you know listening to our bullshit for as long as you have Speaking of that bullshit, though. Speaking of that, up next, we're going to get into even some more funny stuff and, you know, little quick hits and funny moments that have happened on the show. Um, You know, you'll hear why we say, Steve, you're an idiot a lot on this show coming up soon. Um, You Stick around. You don't want to miss it. It, It's it's good. To, To quote the honorable Kevin Malone from The Office, if you put a camera in front of someone long enough, they're bound to do something stupid. It's only human natural. Anyway, enough of us. Let's go back and hear some of our old quick hits, cold takes, funny moments. Just listen. It's great. It's the three G's Oi. of hockey. Great, good, and god-awful. <laughs> 2020 is like when you're playing a video game and you're taking down a boss and you think you got him, and then the health bar regenerates. Yeah. And that's just every single month. Would you trade Mitch Marner for Seth Jones? Absolutely. Usually have Luke tell us what's going out on the West Coast, and we miss him dearly, and I'm sure you guys do too. Thanks for bearing with us as i try my first time hosting and yeah hit and miss but the you're top talking four... about it you're talking about it like he's dead <laughs> yeah what the hell? he's just deployed he's not dead i would like to take a few seconds here to gloat because i am never correct in this podcast but i was right usa won ha suck it suck it suck it all you suck i win I kind of said USA. No, you didn't have the faith in them like I did. You said, I think I want them to win, but I think Canada will win. No, no. USA won. I was right. Y'all were wrong. Okay, I'm done. You know, you can't fault Joe Thornton for going to the Panthers because all he's doing is getting paid while he searches for the right retirement home to buy and (laughs) just chill because, you know, he is – gonna be an old florida man i the same thing the same thing i'm splitting you two i'm saying matthews yes because he's gonna be a ufa and martyr no even though he's gonna be a ufa because martyr does not deserve that kind of money unless my rationale with martyr is he's a greedy little bitch and he's gonna want as much as he can get in a flat cap era gms are telling him to f off well right but he's gonna he's gonna want something upwards of 11 
doesn't Even matter though, if there's not a market. Right. You you can you can throw a banana on plaster, call it art, and charge two million dollars. If no moron buys that for two million dollars, you're gonna sit there Speaking with your of, rotting banana um, on some plaster. What happens at Sabres games? Steven, uh, do you have a little corner of hate tonight? You bet I do. Oh, Steven, a little corner of hate. What do you, what do you have for us, Steven? Welcome back to Steve's Corner of Hate, where everyone kind of gets scared because I get the angry eyes going like Mr. Potato Head. I don't even look at you when you do this because it scares me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so this week's edition, as we said, we were at the uh, Sabres home preseason game. And during the intermission, at, instead of – I had to drive, so, you know, I'm not slugging down the uh, good old John Labatt's. I noticed something. The intermission sucks. It, all it is is DJ Milk shouting at everybody and playing – Playing bad music. Okay, it's not horrible. It's no, terrible. It's bad. It is so bad. And the worst part is the damn floss cam. If I see one more child do that stupid freaking dance from a damn video game, I'm going to lose my mind. It is so freaking right. Oh, but they're kids. Screw them. If I have to watch them, I'm going to judge them. And guess what? Big two thumbs down. <laughs> All right, send them to the Lions. This is so annoying. I hate it so much. It is devastating, right? It is indicative of everything is wrong with our society, and we will crumble just like ancient Rome if it is not stopped. This is a matter of national integrity. Steve, I don't think we could throw the kids to the Lions. That's kind of child. It's a metaphor. That's not the meat of the story. The meat of the story is Steven Stavursky is one hell of an impressionist. His impression for that night was none other than Buffalo Sabre Jimmy VC. <laughs> Steve, as you all know, plays defense and does not play forward. But last, last Sunday, he played forward. He bottled, not, he bottled not one, but two breakaways. One, he missed the net entirely. Beat the goalie and everything, but lost the puck, missed the net. The ice was shit. I'll give him that. Second one. Second one. Steve breaks his knee, basically, by finding the only gouge in the ice and just eating shit into the corner and losing the puck. Steve was fine. Nothing was hurt but his pride. But... Hats off to you, Steve. You got me an assist, but good God, you can't bury an assist or you can't bury a breakaway to save your life. Anywho, so yeah, um, so no matter Stanley, who wins the cup, though, I won the predictions. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> this is this is kind of mine. Like I want to choose Colorado, but this is kind of mine. How Steve had Minnesota over Vancouver for some weird ass reason. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but Devin Dubnik <laughs> didn't play a single game I don't think <laughs> they would have won if Dubnik was in net I stink. no I will stop. no they I, will I will die on they would not have all right so uh my birthday was 
Thursday. So we're recording this on Monday. Um, so this, this weekend, you know, enjoyed the nice weather and all that crap. So Saturday, me and my girlfriend go down, went down to the Hidden Valley Valley Animal Safari. Oh, so it's cool. It's this drive-through zoo, and they've got, I mean, they've got oxen, they've got cows, bison, uh, camels, uh, cows. I don't know if I said that already. Steer. It's it's cool. Uh, ostriches. So you drive around, you can buy feed and you can feed the, feed the animals and you're in your car. Cause everyone has to stay separate because of COVID they used to have wagons. So me and my girlfriend, we're going through this and, uh, you know, I, we are up trying to feed the camel. You know, we had just fed one of the cows and was okay. That was kind of cool. It's like, okay, pull up, pull up to the camel. That's right next to the road, put the feet out. And he's just staring off into the distance, not paying me any mind. He's like, all right, screw you. So dr- drove past them, got up to where the person stopped in front of me because they're feeding some one of the animals. Then all of a sudden, something hit the back of my car. I, th- I thought the jackass who had been riding my ass this whole time rear-ended me. So I look back, and there's and the fucking camel's neck was on my back windshield and gnawing <laughs> at the top of my fucking car. The thing was trying to eat my fucking car. So <laughs> I kept pulling up and trying to get away from the damn thing. And the camel kept fucking chasing me. No one else is, no one else is around. Like the other car stopped moving. They're watching this whole thing. And it's just this damn camel trying to eat my car. At one point, it dragged its fucking tooth across my rearview window and put a nice little scrape on that. There's <laughs> slobber all over my rear end. It, that oh, fucking camel slobber. just went to town and tried to eat my damn car. Like, fuck me. It's already a shitbox. Leave me alone, you dick. So a camel, Eventually, uh... we drove far enough away where it's still chasing us, but it was too far for him to you know, care enough, so he kind of just drifted off. I swear to God, that fucking camel is going to weave in and out of my nightmares for a month. So I'm going to have no rest. It is going to be all camels. Steve, I should have had you go live. You're saying a camel uh, slobbered your rear end. (laughs) Yes. Camel (laughs) slobbered. He was just just trying to tell you it was hump day. That's all. I got my three guys with me. Josh, Steve, and Stack. How you guys doing today, Stack? Beer. What? What'd I do? What? <laughs> He's asking how you're How are you doing, buddy? Oh. Well, he Beer. looked at me and then flipped me off. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I was flipping off the other guys. Oh. But... Continue. Wow. Anyways, beer. Beer is good today. The last little bit of league news we want to get to here to segue into our uh, our our divisions. The NHL tried to take on the sun over the weekend. And the results may surprise you. They lost. Um, Steve, why don't you tell us more about uh, the Lake Tahoe shenanigans? And I, I think it was cool. I mean, I don't know. Oh, guys yeah. Think. I mean, they set up the rink right next to the lake. The scenery was absolutely phenomenal. At, but what they did was they had the games scheduled at 3 o'clock for Saturday and Sunday. 
Well, they ended up moving the Sunday game to 7.30 because what happened on Saturday was they got too much sun. You never heard of it before, but New, uh, New York State occasionally gets sun during the winter. Never would have guessed. And honestly, it's pretty unfortunate. So it was melting the ice. I think at one point, like one player dropped, then the ref dropped, then another player dropped. Steve, why'd you say New York State? Tahoe is Lake Tahoe is in Nevada. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Wait, was they busy. did this in the desert? <laughs> Steve was... in northern Nevada, right on the border of Nevada and California. I'm pretty sure what? they technically did it in California, but Steve's clearly got doing New York State oh, taxes on the brain way too much. Dude, I thought that was in the Adirondacks, no lie. I thought that was like Lake, Lake George Placid. or something. Yeah, Steve <laughs> thought of Lake Placid. Steve, go to bed. Oh, my God. No, Steve, they get sun in the desert. <laughs> Jesus, Shocker. I might have to go into the sun cannon. Yeah, but but yeah, so <laughs> the NHL went against the Sun and the Sun won. So they they had to on Saturday they played the first period between Colorado and Vegas. Then they had to postpone until midnight, which was 9 p.m. Uh, local time, which should have been my first clue that it was not New York. <laughs> <laughs> no, Steve, they were so high up in the mountains; it's a different time zone. They played on Dude, the I, I'm not going to lie. I thought when they said local nine o'clock local time, they meant for the local markets of the teams that were playing. That does, that still doesn't make sense. It was Colorado and Vegas playing you dummy. Vegas is on the West coast time zone dipshit. Yeah. But nine o'clock their time would still be 12 o'clock our time. Yes. So when they said nine o'clock local time, I thought they were speaking of the teams that were playing their uh, local markets. Oh, okay. doesn't really work for Colorado because oh. they're in central time or yeah. uh, mountain time, they're, mountain time, whatever. Yeah. How do we no, get onto time I, zones? Okay, can we just sum up with Steve, Steve, you're dumb. Like <laughs> time is an illusion. Does that guy have a Leafs jersey on? Yes, he does. Yeah, he, he's our resident. He's our resident Leafs fan. Oh yeah, he's your resident dummy. <laughs> yeah, that too. That's oh, okay. Sorry, no, it's all good. There's got to be some diversity in this podcast, right? It can't be all Sabres fans. Yeah. yeah no, besides, if it, Leafs, the Leafs. Yeah. I, I I end up yelling a lot, so if I just end up yelling at Josh, the optimist, it gets a little sad. So I need some someone else to be mad at. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I didn't know he had an Elise jersey on, I wouldn't even have done this. I don't have anything absolutely insane today, except for the whole I got my car washed for free and almost died, because naturally every time I drive anywhere near Syracuse, my car is in danger of imploding. <laughs> Usually user error. Always user error. Let's be real. Um, usually, usually, usually user error. Rolly, how about you? Guest on the show. What do you got for us for closing time? Well, I guess uh, we'll go off of Stavi there. I mean, I, I've been going out to bars and stuff, but nothing too crazy. Uh, just trying to soak up my last few weeks in Pittsburgh. But uh, when I played juniors with Stavi, I have a little story for you. 
we were driving down the road and talk about him with cars. It's an absolute nightmare. There was a blizzard and him and the, he was trying to convince our coach like so much, like, oh, we have to have practice. And, uh, you know, even though snow's a lot in, in Syracuse, I should say, it, it snowed a lot this day. It must have been like three feet of snow at least. He picks me up because my car couldn't even get out. And um, we're driving down the road with me and, and my buddies in the back seat. And uh, there's a there's a truck in the in the in the ditch on the side of the highway. There's a cop in the shoulder, and I was like, you know, Stavi, state law, gotta move over. And he's like, I can't. Like, there's no way. There's three feet of snow on the ground. I can't move over. There's a lot of traffic. I'm like, well, you gotta do it. You gotta figure it out. Truck spins on the middle of the highway. Stavi slams on the brakes, going about 30 miles an hour. We go boom right into the side of it. The guy's car must have like taken like a teeny dent. Stavi's car totally totaled. Best part though, cop comes out. He looks at Stavi and goes, you know, you could have avoided all this if you had just followed the state law and moved over another lane. I couldn't even, I was already losing it. And then all of a sudden Stavi's like, my insurance said go through the roof. And I'm, I'm like literally almost in tears. So I had to get out, take a picture of the car for him. I felt so bad, but at the same time, it was like a movie. It, like I, I can't even explain it, but that's one, that's one story of Steven that I guess I have to offer you guys. And I just want to say thanks a lot for having me on and giving a shout out to my school and helping out. So oh, yeah, pretty much for, for coming on and taking some time out of your day. Um, so Steve, um, what do we do when there's a cop on their shoulder now? <laughs> um, I put it in cruise control and uh, wait, wait, no, no. I do the SpongeBob thing. I floor it. Or it you blind you blindfold yourself you might as well just do that yes the real the real question is did you guys actually make it to practice that day my uh, teammates saw us on the side of the road and they picked me and my buddy up but I they left steven car. there he showed up he showed up like halfway through because we had like four hour practice in syracuse ridiculous so he was able to show up halfway through and yeah. we were all you know stick tap and we were fired up yeah the, the, the cop ended kid. up driving me to uh no to, to the rank now meanwhile this is like a mile from the exit we take for the cicero rank so like oh i see God. the exit exit whatever for you know cicero north syracuse so that's also a reason why i didn't want to move is like i i don't want to have to move and then get back in here even though that was clearly the wrong choice but it's like i could see the sign for getting off i was like i could honestly walk to the rink from here <laughs> but my car blew up and, Honestly, and probably also, one of my best. That, that guy was driving a pickup truck to an auction. It wasn't even his truck. That's why my <laughs> rinky-dink little Sonata with dealership tires is still on the road, and he drove himself into the ditch on I-81. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, out of all my accidents and terrible driving decisions, that one hurts me the most just because of the absolute fuckery of the whole situation there were like six things that shouldn't have happened that did happen that led to that accident. like having practice in a blizzard like me yeah. as the captain not saying coach no practice we're, <laughs> we're gonna stay home it, it, it was it was so it was funny a very expensive practice for me i told him <laughs> i wasn't going i was like i was like look i love hockey more than anyone else but there's just no way. Like, I literally, my car, when I pulled out, I slid into the ditch. I went to go reverse, and my car turned forward and went into the ditch. That's how bad it was. So when he was like, no, we're going, I'm like, dude, your car's like the same as mine, like in the sense of driving through the snow. And 
Oh my god. It was that was one of my greatest memories of Syracuse. Probably one of his worst. But that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen at the expense of him. But oh that was Oh, there, the there are plenty of stories at my expense. And next time we have uh, my buddy John on, ask him about the Where's Grease story that definitely goes in with our We Don't Know Geography segment. And Nurse played 14 of that 18 minutes, I think. Or maybe it was the second overtime he played 14 minutes. I can't remember which, it but... It was the first overtime. Oh, well, then I was completely off. <laughs> yeah, oh, just like you're off on your geography. Lake Tahoe is in Nevada, you dingus. Okay, I'm sorry. It's Colorado's a lot closer than upstate New York, Stephen. All right, are we playing horseshoes or hand grenades? Because that's you know, the only time it makes a fucking difference. You know, we so so everyone listening, we're gonna take this week to learn geography. Um, I'm out of school. I don't need to learn anything more. So we're gonna do that. For I didn't you guys. come here to play school. <laughs> As the resident history teacher, I feel it my responsibility to help us all in a roundabout way get some form of geography knowledge. So uh, do I need a like a stack geography corner? Instead of I, I, I know what side of the Mississippi I'm on. That's all that matters. Join yeah, us next week when side, Stack right? gives us a lesson in Geography 101 where we will be taking a final at the end of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll just watch Animaniacs to study. And now, the Nations of the World, brought to you by Yakko Warner. United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic, Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador, too, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela, Honduras, Guyana, and still, Guatemala, Bolivia, then Argentina, and Ecuador, Chile, Brazil, Costa Rica, Belize, Nicaragua, Bermuda, Bahamas, Tobago, San Juan, Paraguay, Uruguay, Suriname, and French Guiana, Barbados, and Guam. Norway and Sweden and Iceland and Finland and Germany now one piece. Switzerland, Austria, Czechoslovakia, Italy, Turkey and Greece. The only yes. question will be, where is Greece? Yeah. Well, first off, I want to thank you guys for having me on. It's always really fun. It's the first time I've ever been able to do it with Steve in the room, which is always kind of interesting. Um, but kind of okay, as, <laughs> as is tradition now, we have to. I have to tell a Steve story uh, as part of my closing time. Uh, so uh, my, this actually probably is my favorite story about Steve. So this is when we were in, uh, we were in ninth grade and we were in, in, in history class. And you know, like in history class when they would give you, um, they would give you like the blank map as like an introduction to like a different unit and you would have to like go through is the this, textbook or go is through- Is this the Where's Grease story? Yeah. Yes, finally. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, you have to like, you know, go through the textbook, go through an atlas and like label the 20 points of interest in wherever wherever it is. So, we're going into our Greece unit. And uh we get we get the map of Greece and it's all in black and white because we went to public school, so so that that's that's what happens. <laughs> And so uh, Steve and I and Connor and our, our really good friend Connor, we all we all we're all in the same class and we're all sitting next to each other. And Connor and I were like, you know, we're doing doing our work, like not really paying that much attention to Steve. And then I look over to my right and I see Steve. And this is like 15 minutes into this exercise. Steve's map is completely blank. No writing, no marks, no color, no anything. And so I'm like, hey, Steve, 
what's going what's going on big guy like you good and i look over at his map and he has it upside down and so i'm like steve Steve, what's what's going on here bud and he's like this is not greece this is not greece because and then it took me like two or three seconds to think about it and then i realized wait a minute this fucking idiot thinks that the dark part is the land and the white part is the sea (laughs) so instead of asking anyone because he was too fucking prideful he literally was just staring at this, trying to figure out where the Greek mainland was from where actually it was the Aegean Sea and his map was upside down. Steve. What Where's the- Greece, Steve? Yeah, and so that's uh that is the that's the famous where's Greece? Because that that is legitimately the dumbest thing I've ever seen a human being do. And I've seen a I, I've seen somebody literally drive their car up onto the sidewalk. <laughs> To go into a bar. And that's even dumber. Steve, you didn't think to flip the paper once to be like, wait, maybe it is upside. Like, No, no, no. It wasn't that. Uh, you know when you look at a picture and if you look at it one way, it's like two people kissing. And then if you look at it another way, it's like a different picture. Yeah, yeah. Problem was, the way I was looking at it, it wasn't a real picture. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, it's the way that you were looking at it was not the objective truth that it is that everybody else was looking at it. You didn't look I around was a visionary. and everyone have it the other way around. Like I was nothing. a visionary that the uh, public schools could not keep up with. 15 minutes. 15. 15 minutes, and he still didn't do anything. Didn't, like, tap anyone on the shoulder, like, hey. Is is mine defective? <laughs> <laughs> Did I get the China test and everyone else got it? Um, is my brain defective? Kind yeah. of evidence then, to okay, that. And then and then last little point of stupidity that I'll bring up on this point. If the I think even like the low key funniest thing that I've thought about this in like the 13 years it's happened since then is the fact that you were looking at the black dark part of the continent thinking that being the landmass and then trying to figure out what would you do if you actually wrote on it with a pencil, you wouldn't actually be able to label anything. Oh, it's a vision of a dog chasing a car and not knowing what he would have, what he would do. And when he caught it, he's like, I got to find where Athens is on this map. And I don't care what happens when I do find it, but I need to find it. It's always oh it's God. it's always a good time when we can bring up a good story of Steve just, you know, sometimes he's just an idiot. He might be smart on the surface, but sometimes he's just an idiot. We love him anyway, and it's always a good time having him on. Glad he's part of the podcast. John, thank you for coming on again. But before we get into this whole debate about Quinn being picked or not, let's send it over to Stack. And Stack, tell us. Out of your 12 draft picks for the Leafs, give us your favorite ones because I know there's a lot of them there. And tell us what you think about them. Stack, are you with us? I think yeah, you're muted. Yeah, get off mute, bud. My I'll edit was, that. I was already talking, but I uh, I'll edit it. I, I, I heard work. you from your room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of funny that they're actually not. Oh, he's here. <laughs> he's alive. I think. Luke, oh, I snap. have arrived. I have made it. 
You, I am you made here. it in the middle of your segment. <laughs> Amazing. I don't know what segment we're talking about. The West. We're the West. Also, oh, Steven Stack. I knew he was coming. He texted me. Oh, <laughs> ass. <laughs> the King is back. We're playing the Bay State Breakers at a showcase. I'm on the ice with Stabby, and we, the other, we're going into our D zone, and the other team gets an offside call. And one of the kids on the Bay State Breakers decided to spear Stavi in the in the groin. Oh! <laughs> and as the whistle blows, Stavi's on the ice. I mean, I'm sure you were in a tremendous amount of pain. And out of nowhere, I've, I'm looking at you to make sure you're all right. You spring up, chasing after this kid. You. F- And honestly, to this day, that's probably one of the funnier stories I've ever told or one of the funnier things I've ever witnessed in playing hockey. The the best part was that it was right in front of our bench. Right so in front of our bench. Everyone everybody could hear it. Oh, I think everybody in the parking lot could hear that. Man. Like, that was so loud. I, I'm pretty sure my parents heard me back in Rochester. <laughs> so I think Josh ended up drafting the most of the same with Seattle? I won for once. I had the most correct selections for once. I've never won anything on this show. Not the playoffs, not the awards, nothing. But yeah, so I had 12 out of the, what, 30 picks they made, correct? Yeah, 30 because Vegas isn't being used. But yeah, so 12 out of the 30, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, obviously the off the board picks that Seattle made, like, I don't know, Dennis Chalowski and, um, guys like that kind of threw us all off a little bit, but feeling pretty good about it. Now, before you get too high, high on that horse there, Josh, just remember that Jason Bottle was part of that front office group. So you have similar thoughts to that dumbass. So I would pump the brakes there. And I, I, would, I just want to point out before you counter what seems familiar about this situation. They overpriced side deals, so they didn't make any. So they didn't make really any side deal trades. And they have a million defensemen. Who does that sound like? Jason Botterill. But that is my counterpoint. All the weird picks that we saw, like Dennis Chalowski and Gavin Bayreuther and, um, I don't know, Joey Decord. From, and not to say they're not good players, but if I was Seattle. Justin Twarinski? Yes. That was how you say his name? I didn't know how to say I his think name. So. Poles, man. Poles. <laughs> but, no, so that's my, my, that's, that's, that's my point here is Jason Botterill made those selections. They just split the team in half. Ronnie Francis took 15 picks. Jason Botterill took the other 15 picks. So my 12 picks that I got right were 12 of Francis's 15 picks. So I'm more like Ron Francis, but sure we'll go with that. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> helps you sleep at night. night. Well, what did you guys? You no, know, Steve. How, how many? <laughs> stay out of my head. <laughs> so Steve, where's Lake Tahoe? Where's Greece? Uh, at the at the corner of get a map and fuck off. Welcome to Mr. Stack's Geography Corner. This week's contestant, one Steven Staversky. 
So uh, fail. <laughs> yeah. No. Anywho, I, speaking of be fail, the first class I actually fail. <laughs> I mean, hey, that it happens. When I was unpacking my shit this week uh, weekend, I found my old report cards, and I remember my freshman year of high school. It was my quote unquote worst grades because I took too many classes and was on two hockey team. It, it it was a mess. That year was a mess. My worst grade an eighty percent in geometry. Wow! Fuck off. <laughs> it, it's it's the G courses. It geometry, oh, okay. geography, geometric, whatever. I don't Geothermal know. Geothermal physics. Geothermal. Yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> but like, like I said, and like you guys heard, it, a lot, so much, so many funny moments throughout the past two and a half years of doing this. Steve doesn't know where things are geographically. I mean, Josh doesn't really know either. I mean, Lake Tahoe is also not in Colorado, just so you know. Colorado is much closer than fucking New York. Okay. We could we could have this whole argument over again. What's that? I still don't really know where it is. It's like Nevada, I know I know California. it's yeah it's one of those. It's like probably on fire right now, for all we know. True. I mean, yeah. And I, California's I mean, on fire. Louisiana's underwater, and Florida is a swamp. Lake Tahoe is a freshwater lake occupying a fault basin on the California-Nevada border in the northern Sierra Nevada. There we go. Now so we not, know for sure. So not Colorado. So not New York State. It's like that game. Have you guys ever played uh, GeoGuessr? Yes. I love GeoGuessr. Steve would have failed GeoGuessr. <laughs> GeoGuessr is so fun. Me and my buddy Sean, we played it w- uh, religiously this summer. Down to a T. Like state roads and highways. We had a game. We got, you know how the max score is like. 25,000 roughly, I think. It's either 25,000 or 20,000. We were two points off. Two points. What? And if you've played GeoGuessr, you know how hard that is. We were two points off. Well, proud of you for that. And uh, like I said, so many funny moments throughout the show. And as obviously, as you heard, a lot of them included something to do with Steve. You know, Steve can't drive. Steve doesn't know where things are on a map. You know, Steve doesn't know how to control his swearing. It's just so, it's been so much fun. And, you know, even some of the quick hits, like our chirps at each other have been great. Hey, Stack, you still taking that Marner for Jones deal? Absolutely not. <laughs> I Right now that, I mean, God. It's one of those things like you texted it in the group chat the other day. Josh texted it, I think. Yeah. And yeah, one of you did. And I was just like, when the hell would I have said that? Like, it had to have been like one of my first episodes. It was right. No, it was. was It was right when Marner was getting re-signed and you were really pissed off with him and you were like. Steve was like, what would you trade for him? And you were like, anything. And he was like, what about Jones for Marner, one for one? And you're like, absolutely. To <laughs> to defend myself, at that point, Seth Jones was a beast. Yes. That we, and we all agreed. And, yeah. 
he got nine and a half mil, right? Something like that. He's still a beast, whether he's uh, like statistically literate is another story um because the book's out on seth jones he's good in one end not good in the other he's morgan riley um like extreme like oh god i hate that (laughs) (laughs) marner's contract now like it's good but if you score in the playoffs it's much better yes um yeah I'd still take him over Jones. I was just so mad, and I'm still mad. I wish he didn't do that because he's living out my dream and many of the – I mean, part part of my every Leafs player is living my dream. He's more so living every Toronto Maple Leafs fan from the greater Toronto area's dream of growing up in the GTA and playing for the hometown team. Except he sucked him dry for money, and now they don't have any money to fill out the team. So well, we push the Marner button. You never want to push the Marner button. It's like, it's like my trigger word. It's just, <laughs> you, you know, what's worse than pushing the Marner button, getting speared in the balls. The guy, att- <laughs> the guy made an attempt on my firstborn and luck. Luckily I, well, I don't know. Maybe I should go see a doctor. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I, Steve, I'm pretty sure you, I mean, not yet, at least, as far as we know. No, no. The cat's all we're getting at this point. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's a kid enough, right? I mean, yeah, she likes to dart outside, which is really difficult when you're moving in because every <laughs> time we're trying to bring boxes from our freaking garage, we have to get the one of one of us has to literally hold her. Well, again, we've had a lot of fun moments. We've had a a lot of just different moments throughout the past two and a half years. And, you know, thank you guys. If you're still listening, thank you for sticking around this long. I know it's been a while, but we want to give you as much content and as much of our old content as we can. You know, this is our hundredth episode and it's been such a fun time doing this, especially fun time doing this with the four, four of us, the three of you guys. Um, I couldn't think of better people to do it with. And, this last segment that we want to give to you guys is what we call our, our deep moments, our deep thoughts, our deep section. You know, we hit a lot of a lot of things have happened these past two and a half years between COVID, between everything going on with BLM and even much more aside from that. So without further ado, I want to let you guys hear what we had to say. You know, listen back. If you all have been, you know, a long time listener, be like, oh, yeah, I forgot they said that. I forgot they've talked about this. I forgot this is how they're like. So without further ado, here's all of our deep shit from the past two and a half years. And so from my answer here this week or this month, these months of quarantine is going to be all the first line workers out there right now that are doing everything to the utmost that they can to help anyone coming in with coronavirus issues and things like things like that nature. I'm, I'm working right along the front lines with some of the nurses that are doing the testing and I, I feel for them, especially days that it's super cold out. Like the other day, the other day in Niagara County, it was 30 degrees and it was snowing. 
and they're out there in just their regular old PPE, just yep, it was. just the jacket and pants, the face shield with the face mask and everything, and they're out there doing doing their job, and that's so much respect. Yeah, they're complaining. Yeah, we're all upset to be there, but he's got to have a lot of respect for all the frontline workers, especially the nurses right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Frozen Four podcast. Now, before we get started, we just want to preface this episode by addressing the fact that the NHL and NBA have postponed games to bring attention to the shooting of Jacob Blake. Regardless of what you may think about their decision, decision, racism is flat out evil in all forms. There's no room for it in our society we live in. We here are all disgusted and appalled with what has been going on. All of us are willing to talk and have a conversation with anyone who is experiencing any kind of negativity in their life. True change happens on a person-by-person -person basis, and people should forever be ever-changing. For those that stuck around and listened to this long, um, if you remember from the beginning of the episode, you heard the song that was playing. It's a song called Stop When You See a Uniform by Buddy Brown. And I just want to say personally, like, when I first heard that song, it really brought more of a reality into what I do um, in my life with when I joined the military and what I've been through through my six years in the military so far. Um, mind you, I've never, I've never actually deployed. I've gone on training missions overseas, but I've never actually deployed. So I don't fully know it like some people that I know do. However, there's a reason we're able to even do what we're doing right now in having this podcast. We're able to do this because of those that have served over the past almost over 200 years in our country's military and are served this nation for that long. Um, as most of you know, yesterday, uh, the 10th was the Marines 245th birthday. Mind you, I'm Army, so I any chance I get to shit on any other branch, I'm gonna do it. That's just what we do. That's our that's our friendly brotherhood banter. We all respect each other. We just enjoy the banter of my 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 um mine's better, mine service is better, army's better, like navy's better, marines is better, whatever. But in reality, we're all a brotherhood, and it's because of all yes, five branches, even though we don't like to include the Coast Guard in it, all five branches is the reason uh we're able to do what we do today and what we have today and just i want everyone to be able to remember that it's so much more than just oh we have freedom we, we have fought for this freedom for centuries now and it's it's been an honor to serve this country and to continue to serve this country and one of the last things that I want to say about this topic right now is that I just want everyone to remember the sacrifices made by the men and women that fight for our country's freedom every single day. We give up everything and move away from home and continue to fight and learn and find ways to keep this country free while not being able to see those that we love. Uh, one quote that has always stuck out to me uh, is this, the true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, but because he loves what is behind him. All of us didn't join the military to kill. We joined it to protect those that we love back home. All my friends, all my family. I joined personally to protect those that I love and because I felt it was a great honor. So one last time, the last thing I really want to say about this is that thank you to those who have served and who are serving in the United States military. 
and thank you to those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom that we have today. Yeah, so as many of you know, um, a little over a month ago, there was a helicopter crash that killed three National Guardsmen. Um, Chief Warrant Officers Steven Skoda, Christian Cock, and Daniel Pryor died when their medevac Blackhawk went down on a routine night vision training flight over Menden, New York. All of the soldiers were combat veterans with a combined 63 years of Army service. In addition, Cock was a civilian pilot from the New York State Police, and Pryor was a graduate of the United States Military Academy at West Point. A private memorial was held for family and military associates shortly after the crash. It was outside and the temperature was in the teens. At the time, the sentiment out of the governor's office was that Governor Andrew Cuomo wanted to honor the soldiers more appropriately at a later indoor public ceremony where the state and community could pay their proper respects. Pursuant to that, Monroe County Executive Annabello sought to secure the use of the War Memorial, a large city-owned arena in Rochester. Now that is where the Rochester Americans play. And with that, I'm gonna send it over to Steve to explain what else happened. Yeah, so uh, just to give credit where credit's due, we're getting this news from Wham 1180. It's an article by Bob uh, Lorisberry. So I just want to make sure he gets credit for this information. Uh, so anyways, so that's where the Pagoulas come in. In contract with the city of Rochester, Pagoulas Sports and Entertainment manages the arena. Since securing the contract, the Pagoulas have largely used the facility for their own purposes, and its traditional users have been turned away. Currently, the War Memorial is used almost exclusively for Pagula's minor league hockey team named, ironically, the Americans. But the facility remains owned by the public, and it has a long history of being the venue for large community events, like the 2014 funeral of slain Rochester police officer Daryl Pearson. Public officials naturally wanted a more memorial for the service honoring the fallen soldiers, but they hit a brick wall when approached when they approached the Pagulas. Like I said, you know, we've had the pleasure of doing the show for two and a half years. We've had a lot of funny moments. And that last little part that you guys just heard, I wanted to show you guys like, hey, we can still have the funny moments mixed in with, you know, we're hitting touchy topics. It's going to happen with anything going on in the world. We're always going to hit those touchy topics. And you, we know we always hit... You heard at the very end of that that last part, our feelings and our stances on how the Bagulas are. You know, we hit that a lot throughout this this show the past two and a half years. You know, I I love them for the Bills aspect of everything. You guys know that, but like you know, they made the Bills good. I, they made the Bills good. They helped. They helped. You know, sign the right coaches and whatnot. I don't care. They have not done the same for the Sabers. And the focus of this podcast is hockey. So. Yeah, but before you give them props for the Bills, they made one good hire. Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. Uh, Yeah, McDermott brought in Bean. Like, 100%, McDermott got there, and he was like, all right, you don't know anything, I do. Let me run this, and I will make you a fuck ton of money. And guess what happened? He made the team good, he had a plan, executed it perfectly, and hit hit on a quarterback that a lot of people thought was going to be trash, including myself. So a little bit of luck thrown in there, but them, uh, I, 
I hate these guys are an absolute, absolute clown show. And yeah. if, if you heard, listen to us long enough, you know how we feel about them. And this was just the latest example that my goodness, I still can't believe they did pull that shit. It, it drives me up a wall. Yeah. Everyone, everyone listening, you, you, you guys know how I felt about it for everyone listening. Especially yeah. you're, you're in, you're in the national guard right now. So it hits home for you. I, I know, uh, I'm not sure about Josh, but I know stacks had people in the military. I'm pretty sure uh, in their family. Uh, my, my dad is a veteran. His dad was a veteran in world war two. Like it, that shit hit home and I, I'll, I'll never forgive them. The bottom line. Yeah, no, not at all. But you know, before we, before we, you know, jump into closing time, like we usually do here on the frozen four podcast, um, Again, big shout out to everyone who's listened to us, everyone we've had on the show. You know, we wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys. Like the amount of people that have come on and supported us through the past two and a half years, we couldn't do it without you. So thank you, everyone that's been on, has listened. Like it means the world to us. And before I get too rambly here, Stack, what do you got for us for closing time here on our very, very special 100th episode of the pod? Well, I mean, I just, I think I summed up most of it in the beginning section, but um, to bring it all in, I'm just so grateful for for this and all the time we've spent together and things we've done, people we've talked to, I mean, friends we've made along the way. I mean, like all my friends know I've always been very opinionated on hockey and in my friend group for the longest time up until really recently, I was the only guy who, who played or really followed a lot. So a lot of times it was just me talking into a black hole or just me talking to my dad about hockey and, you know, weekly to come on and be able to, you know, throw out my opinions and just to be able to follow on things every week has been amazing. And, you know, we've met some pretty cool people because of it. Um, people from all levels of the hockey world, from guys just like us to guys who have done it and won at different levels. And this has just been an amazing journey. And, you know, hopefully we, you know, can keep this going as long as we want, really. I mean, we've shown we can do it without Fredonia radio systems. So at this point, we can do pretty much anything and, you know, talk to whoever we want eventually, hopefully. But, yeah, no, this experience has been amazing, and it's hard to believe it's 100 episodes already. But, yeah, Steve? Yeah, ditto. I mean, it, it's been a great ride, and, you know, we've talked about it a lot on the show. So, uh, you know, you said it You said it perfectly. It's been fantastic. Uh, for my closing time, just wanted to give a shout-out to my brother's band, Stavo, once again. Last week at Fairport Music Fest, they absolutely killed it with their uh, – with their show at nighttime, I was watching some thunder and lightning to the side of me. I was like, holy crap, but I'm not leaving because I don't have a ride. <laughs> so we're, we're there. They, they killed it. I remember for, uh, when we got there, went to the booth to grab a beer and whoever was running the booth was like, man, these guys are really good. They're killing this Rush song. I, I haven't heard you know, a local band play like that. I was like, yeah, the guitarist is my brother, and the name is his college nickname from Fredonia. 
so it, it, that was pretty cool and uh it's progressive rock if you guys like they're great musicians you know check check them out if you haven't it's stavo s-t-a-v-o their website is stavomusic.com uh and their next show is at montag music hall in rochester on september 17th at 8 with a special guest knb whoever they are so if you like progressive rock rush dream theater you'll like them they're great and I am not biased whatsoever in that. Yeah, okay, Steve. Yeah, whatever. Bite yeah. me. <laughs> so, I, you all know me as usually the one that gets a little emotional during these sorts of things. And I'm going to try not to. But this has been one hell of a ride. Um, like I said, I mean, it's, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know where to begin because two and a half years of this has just been something so amazing for me not only is it just fun to talk hockey uh i've made three amazing friends lived with two of them for a year during some crazy ass shit in the world um done a lot of cool things met a lot of cool people and it's it's really just helped me solidify like this is what i want to do in my career and this is what i don't want to do in my life and one of those things is Kevin Sylvester. I mean, we, I know we talked about him during the interview section. We had him on as an interview guest, but since then he has been like my mentor and is hopefully, well, I shouldn't say he's hopefully, but he is helping me get my foot in the door at these places. And will probably be part of the reason why I hopefully get this job that I'm waiting to hear back on. But I mean, other than that, like I said, I've made some great friends, learned to master my craft and it's, it's just been awesome, and I can't wait till we get to 200 and see what kind of crazy shit we do between now and then and what kind of crazy shit uh, we see happening in the world and in sports. And can't wait for the Sabres to be at playoff year drought number, what, probably like 13 at that point, and the, the Leafs will be at close to 30,000 days without a cup. It'll be a, it'll be a grand old time. <laughs> Frozen Four podcast number 200. Jack Eichel has yet to be traded. <laughs> no jack eichel scores the stanley cup clinching goal against the buffalo sabers on the dallas stars with a completely rebuilt neck why yeah. though why 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 do you say these things not to ruin a good closing time but like <laughs> i said thank you all for sticking along for the ride and hope to see you around at episode 200 yep definitely um you know it's been two and a half years of this, guys. Everyone listening, it's been two and a half years. We started this back in February of 2019. It's now September of 2021. You know, we've gone through COVID. We've gone through a lot of hard times, especially during COVID. You saw we took two months off trying to figure out how the fuck are we going to record without the booth. We had to figure out how to do it. And we needed a break, too, because we're like, okay, no hockey is happening. What are we going to talk about? So we figured it out, and now here we are. We have a call every every week now, pretty much, and we get an episode out to you guys. And, you know, the amount of people we've had on, I've said this multiple times throughout the show, and I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing it, but I can't thank enough the amount of people that have come on and talked to us. You know, we got Marty Baran. We got Rob Ray. We got Kevin Sylvester. We got Chad Diminicis. We got so many people to come on and talk with us take times out of their days, out of their lives. You know, they're, they're people too. They have a family, they have things they're doing. 
they're busy people and they took time out of the day to come talk to four random dudes who decided hey we should start a podcast because we like hockey and and even too you know we started as just buffalo and leafs that's all we started as and we had the opportunity to join and show news updates as you guys heard like now we're talking all nhl like we've been able to grow over these past two years and it's been such a surreal experience going through this and going through this with the three of you and everyone listening out there right now and you know this episode it, it took a lot me me and josh were putting a lot of editing work for this we were very close to finishing it and just as we were finishing it all of a sudden adobe audition decided to be like hey i'm gonna fuck with you and now you have to re-edit like 10 episodes into this it, it was a time it was such a time and i can't believe we were able to get it done and for one like it was surreal even being able to do that and looking back on everything like so much shit has happened our lives have changed so much we've gone through so many different changes in our lives and it, it's it's a big thanks to everyone listening and you know giving us a time of day even if we're not getting that many lists like it gives us a, you know hey not that many we don't care we're having fun doing it we love talking hockey we love just talking about it talking to each other about hockey and you know giving you guys at least some information some news like that's what we love to do i i honestly cannot thank everyone enough for the past two and a half years of doing this you know 100 episodes it's been so surreal especially for me like i never thought i'd hit this point in anything that i do and i can't thank everyone enough for the support that i've been, that all of us have received through this and it, it just it means especially to me like it means the world to me i know i know it means the world to the three guys with me too um i've been the host for the past 100 episodes i missed a few here and there we saw how those went Sorry. Subtle, subtle shots. Sorry, I had to, guys. Rude. I had Rude. to steal it. You said you said it in the in this episode. It, we showed it, is, it. it is not kind to be so truthful. <laughs> but like honestly, this this podcast has helped us immensely. And it same as Josh, it's helped me find what I kind of want to do. Like, yeah, I love the military at times, as you guys know that. And I love what I do, but it's helped, especially me and Josh, find what we want to do, you know, and again, big props to Stack, starting a student teaching soon. He's, you know, getting out there. Steve has his fucking CPA job. Like he's doing, we, we have real jobs while we're doing this. Like the fact that we've been able to do this for so long, just, it's been unreal. And I can't thank you guys enough. And remember, Follow us on social media, Twitter at Frozen 4 Pod, Instagram at The Frozen, the number four podcast. All our links are there to both our personal Twitters and uh, Twitters at least, and to the Spotify soundtrack. Keep sharing it. Keep, you know, if you find it, show the next person, show the next person. That's all you, that's all, I, that's all we ask. Just keep sharing us. And as I say every week, be safe. Be smart and go watch some hockey.